The podcast you're about to listen to is explicit and graphic. Wait, that's why you're here? Oh, get ready for the dirty details then. Here we go. All of my life, I've never fit. But I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous. Get used to it Everyone tells me I'm too much Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I am sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this is episode 88. Y'all, I want to give you a big old thank you. You listened last week. You listened to the podcast. You listened to me talk about what's going on with the testicle and other things. And it has been so surprising, the reaction and the things that have been happening just this week, thanks to you. So if you recall, I told you about Anthony, who lives in Philadelphia, and he was talking about what he could do to increase the chances that body storytelling would come to Philadelphia. So I read you my response to him. And guess what? I started seeing people post for their cities in response to that plea to kind of rally your troops. Jessica, who's in Boston, did this great campaign on social media. And I'm going to tell you what she wrote because it's going to inspire what you're going to write. Because we've got, you know, two and a half weeks or so until the testicle is up. That means we're in the final stretch. And that means if you want body in your town, you're going to have to tell people to join you and make this thing happen. Tell people to vote. Here's what Jessica said. I just bought two tickets for live body storytelling in Boston, hoping that enough people also think that Dixie Dillator should come to the Northeast and tell us stories. If you haven't checked out the podcast, it's basically a dirty version of the moth, transformative experiences told live on stage with no notes. What Dixie is doing is setting up possible city visits, and if enough people sign up, then it'll go. If it doesn't, you get a refund. I've tagged a non-exhaustive list of people that might have an interest in such an eventuality. Isn't that great? Perfect. That's perfect. And in response, I started seeing tickets for the testicle start happening in Boston. I talked about Philadelphia last week. I started seeing tickets kind of pick up a little bit in Philadelphia. It's just amazing how you talk into a microphone in San Francisco and people respond wherever they are. This podcasting thing, yeah, I am on board for this. Speaking of Boston, that ties into the story that I've chosen for you this week. It was our one and only show in Boston a couple of years ago, and it's a great one. And one more thing. Do you remember how last week I told you that I want to hear your voice? I want to hear what you're thinking. I want to I want to use it for a special project. So I want recordings of you 
talking to other listeners of the Body Storytelling Podcast, you telling me what's going on with your life and why this is important. Well, I got one. I mean, well, I got a few of them and thank you to the people that have sent them, but I got this one. And this one is one you have to hear right now because it's very timely and it was so moving. I sat at my desk when I read it. Well, I was reading the email and then I clicked on the voice memo and I was incredibly moved. And you need a little bit of that too, I know right now. So I had to share it right away. This message you're about to listen to was sent to me from Todd. And yeah, get ready. Okay, here we go. Dixie, I'm 44 and I live in the Bay Area. As an artistically inclined young man, I was fascinated with performance art and spent my time in the library learning about Karen Finley, Josh Kornbluth, John Waters, and then I found Annie Sprinkle in her post-porn modernist phase, connecting the wild artistic creativity with sexual freedom and enlightenment. I've spent my life fascinated with sex, from the base to sociological, artistic, and as an empowering tool of healthy lives. As a teen, I found copies of The Happy Hooker and the old school Joy of Sex. I followed Violet Blue, Nina Hartley, Tristan Termino, Dan Savage, and every sex educator I can find on Twitter. I fell in love and married at 23 to a woman that had only known of Annie Sprinkle as porn that her college roommates forced her to watch. Dixie, the gap was too far. I tried to communicate and educate, and she was never ready. And I'd listen to Dan Savage saying, dump the motherfucker already, and I just couldn't. I knew somewhere in my heart that I could never bridge the gap, but we had a child, and I believed that with compassion and work, we would someday have the sex life we both deserved. For the past three years, I've been asking to take her to see Body Live, and after this February, I told myself that I was going to the next anniversary show, even if it was alone. Three weeks ago, after 21 years of marriage, she told me that she doesn't want to be with me anymore, that everything worked but our sex life. She brought up the idea of an open relationship, and I was broken, because I knew that as much as I'd thought about open relationships and sharing and everything that comes with it, I knew we didn't have the communication to make it work. Years of savage love and body storytelling, Sonny and Ken and Annie and Violet, and I knew that we couldn't go forward and that I deserve to be as happy as she does. So after years of living kink in my heart and vanilla in my life, I'm headed to the deep end. I'll be at body after Folsom. I want so much to join the community I felt part of and apart from for so long. I'll be there, probably bawling my eyes out, because week after week I hear the stories of the lovers that are willing to go through so much and be so supportive, and I want that to be my tribe. The ones that care, the ones that communicate, the ones that cry and are open and true to their hearts. Body doesn't need to get me laid, it's already given me hope. Thank you, Dixie. I'll see you at the end of the month, free to live the life I'd only dreamt of before. I'm ready for my post-scorn modernist phase. Todd, thank you for that message. Thank you for letting me know what you've dreamed of and never been able to accomplish. Thank you for telling me that I'm going to see your face in person soon. Thank you for being brave. Thank you for making your wishes known and for telling your story. Are you frustrated by the state of the world? Do you wish there was something you could do to make it a better place? and maybe even get rewarded for your good deed? I'm here to ask your support for something I know you believe in. 
I'm here to ask for your financial support for the Body Storytelling Podcast on Patreon. This is your chance to be part of something incredible, something bigger than you, and a chance to build sex-positive community, you and me together. Body Storytelling has gone from being a local sex and storytelling series that got fan mail for years, fan mail that requested that I bring what we do to more ears, and now it's an award-winning podcast. Now the Body Storytelling Podcast is weekly in addition to our monthly shows in multiple cities. We're scheduling live shows in brand new cities, and what we do is gaining upward momentum. But I can't keep growing this thing without you. So I'm here to seduce you into joining me on this mission. I've revamped my Patreon, and it's got a lot of new rewards and ways to be part of what we're doing. I have created brand new rewards for my patrons like downloadable ad-free episodes that started last week, a patron-only stream where we can chat, an invitation to our private Facebook group where you can chat with me, with other podcast fans, and the storytellers you hear on the podcast. And now even the musical acts are joining us there. You can get reserved tickets to the critically acclaimed Body Storytelling Show in San Francisco or Seattle. You can get story coaching sessions with me in a group or in a private session on Skype or Zoom. We'll work together to craft and fine-tune your story. And you've been asking for it, so here it is. I can even create a special Body Storytelling live show just for you and your friends. I'm adding new goals on Patreon, too. When we hit our next patron goal, I'll do an AMA and ask me anything, and you'll be invited to be part of it. When we hit our next financial goal, which is $2,000 a month, I'll create longer, story-packed episodes of this podcast. This is your chance to change people's lives, to support something you believe in, to be part of something incredible, and your chance to build sex-positive community wherever you are. These stories need to be amplified they need to be heard. I know you believe that because you're listening right now. I feel like you're the final piece of this puzzle because it's all coming together. Right now, all I'm missing is you and your support. So go to patreon.com body, check out the new patron rewards and sign up to support my work. There's a reward there that you've been wanting. I just know it. I want to keep building this community and I can do it with your help. Any amount is a huge contribution. So go to patreon.com slash body and thank you for your support. Do you love to listen to stories? Yeah, I thought maybe you might. I want to tell you about Audible Escape, a monthly subscription that gives you unlimited listening to thousands of love stories. Stories that let you escape the drudgery of your day-to-day as it fades into the background and gives you that happily ever after you've been wanting. Audible Escape offers unlimited love story listening for just $12.95 a month. That's pretty good, right? Well, let's make it even better. You can join and listen free for one month right now by visiting audible.com slash Dixie to get started. And you know, you don't have to be an existing Audible member to sign up for Audible Escape. It's separate and distinct from a standard monthly Audible subscription. But hey, if you are already an Audible or Kindle Unlimited member, Audible Escape is just $6.95 a month. This is a must for rom-com fans. You get over 18,000 titles by best-selling and beloved romance authors and stories that represent the lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual experience too. 
I'm currently listening to the coming out story, Keeping You a Secret by Julianne Peters, but I expect this to be the first of many. Go to audible.com slash D-I-X-I-E, download the free Audible app and listen for free for one month. You know, there really isn't anything like this on the market. Join Audible Escape and see where love can take you. You ready for your story for this episode? A couple of years ago, I did my first ever show in Boston. I'd always wanted to go to Boston, and the fans there were amazing. They offered to buy me, like, lobster rolls or tell me where the best clam chowder was. They sent me fan art, and they showed up at the show so excited to finally have body in Boston. This storyteller was somebody that was referred to me from a friend who works for the Mortified Show. Do you know Mortified? It's this amazing podcast. It's a live show. It's a thing. It's a phenomenon. And we love the folks over at Mortified. So I'm going to tell you about your storyteller. Jessica Saratani is a Boston-based writer, storyteller, and comedian. She has performed at Club Oberon, at Improv Boston, and Bambusa Naples, and is currently a story curator for the Boston chapter of Mortified. When she's not sharing tales of teenage angst on stage, she's busy ghostwriting sex books and wrangling her 10 cats. The storyteller is Jessica Saratani. I really do have 10 pussies at home. So, I do. So, uh, this may come as a shock, but I've always been kind of obsessed with sex. That's why, I, why I'm here. Uh, one of my earliest, form, uh, earliest memories, my earliest formative memories, was when I was about three years old, rubbing up against my parents' orange tweed sofa as we watched The Wizard of Oz on TV. <laughs> And my parents are, are sex-positive people. So they said to me, go to your room. And when you're done, you can come back out. <laughs> so I did. <laughs> and that sort of kicked off a whole lifetime of reading and watching and thinking and obsessing about sex. So I was also an early reader, and I lived in a very small town in Connecticut. So by the time I've hit like fifth grade, I've run out of books to read in the children's room of the local library. So I moved to the adult section, and I mean the adult section. So, you know, I'm like 10, 11, I'm reading Jackie Collins and (laughs) Harold Robbins. And you know, I, I have like this very active fantasy life in my head. And you know, then I enter high school and I'm excited, I finally get a boyfriend. Uh, lose my virginity. None of those things in Jackie Collins happened to me (laughs) in high school. (laughs) Also, my my boyfriend at the time later discovered that he was gay, so that was part of the issue. So fast forward to college. Now I'm in college. Uh, I've really amped up my sex library at home, and now I've got the joy of sex, I've got Delta of Venus, I've got the story of O, I've got like all this other stuff. But nothing really is happening in my own life. (laughs) Uh, I have an 
an ex-boyfriend who I've been sort of, I had dated for like three months, but we've been fucking on and off for like a year and a half now. And that's fine, you know, like he's, he's actually got a huge dick and it's good. <laughs> but the extent of our kink really just is limited to maybe some light bondage with the neckties that he's wearing to his job as a manager at Staples. <laughs> This is as exciting as it was getting. And then I learn about this new store in Boston. And if you lived in Boston in the 90s, you may remember, I was very excited about the store on Newbury Street. It was called Condom World. <laughs> and I'm like, this is it. This is my dream. I'm going to work at Condom World. I am going to sell condoms to people. I am going to sell vibrators to nervous women. I'm gonna educate people. It's gonna be amazing. This is my life calling and it's finally happening. So I'm about 19 and I go and I apply to Condom World and I get the job. I was later told that I got the job because the, man, the actual boss wasn't there that day and his brother hired me. <laughs> and so this should be my dream job. This was not that job. <laughs> Uh, it turns out I am the worst salesperson at Condom World <laughs> because Condom World is actually very sales oriented. You might think condoms sell themselves, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. And I try, I tried so hard. I have my, you know, like my little tight black Condom World t-shirt on and we're in a, it's like a lower level store and people come down the stairs and you would wait five seconds and then you'd say, hey, how you doing today? To make them feel at ease. I don't know that that made them feel at ease because I said it just like that. Hey, how you doing today? <laughs> so, and also you were supposed to upsell. So, you know, there was everything, there was a wall of condoms, literally like a wall of condoms. And you, there was everything from the lowest of the low, which is a lifestyles condom because that has the lowest uh, rate of success. And also the condom that I lost my virginity with, <laughs> go figure. All the way up to these very expensive, uh, very thin Japanese condoms, which was what you were supposed to get people to buy. And so I would try, you know, people would come over and if they lingered in front of the wall of condoms for more than two seconds, you were supposed to say, you know, oh, can I help you today? And it was full of, you know, I had heard every line after like a month at this job, you know, do you have a dressing room? Or, you know, are the Japanese ones really smaller? They are, uh, <laughs> but also the best. So uh, things weren't really working out as I had hoped and I quickly sort of got demoted to, you know, I, I literally was like mopping the floors at Condom World, which is not as gross as it sounds. <laughs> but I was doing things like that, and I, like, I wasn't even allowed to count out the till. And meanwhile, I'm up front, you know, sort of looking through, we have many books on sexual positions, and I'm looking through those and educating myself as, you know, my much cooler Condom World coworkers are having anal sex, unprotected anal sex, in the, in the back office while I'm working. So this was a very sad time at my life. <laughs> I know, it, right? I know. I know. I know. 
so it was a very sad time in my life, but also uh, around this time, you know, people heard, oh, she works at Condom World. Oh, that's the greatest job. Oh, you know, like they automatically make assumptions about you. And the assumption was like, oh, she's super sexy and free and she's getting laid all the time. And, you know, she's got all these like mad skills, and which I did in my head. <laughs> And that's how Matt saw me. And Matt was a friend of a fr one of my best friends. And he was a very sweet sort of wannabe TV writer that I went to college with who would be best described as maybe looking like Steve from Blue's Clues, <laughs> which is not an insult. He was adorable. <laughs> and he asked me out and we started to date, Google it. Uh, and... <laughs> We, so we went on a few dates, and it was very clear from early on that there, like, there was no chemistry, and uh, you know, everything that was happening was very first base. And I had heard from our mutual friend Heather that he was a bit of a man whore because he was going on a lot of dates, and so I thought, well, this will be good. You know, like, this will be a good way to get me sort of like over the, the ex that I'm still fucking, and you know, like, I'll be able to move on. So I, I persevered, and we kept going on dates. And so one night, he's over my apartment, and we're drinking a lot of like iced tea or water or something because it's like July or August and I live in a basement. And not only do I live in a basement, but I sleep in a closet within the basement because it's a studio apartment and it, the closet allows me to like put my bed in there. It was a large closet and it was like a sleeping alcove kind of and I had a roommate. So he's over and my roommate's away for the evening and we get to talking or watching a movie or whatever. And time passes and he misses his train. So he says, can I stay over? So I say, sure, you know, on the couch because I was trying to take things slow. And he's like, oh, but you have a fan in the, in the closet and it just looks so much nicer in there. So much more comfortable in your twin bed in the closet. <laughs> So I, I allow him into the closet and I fall asleep. And you know how like when you're not used to sleeping with somebody and you sort of like, you're half asleep and you sense they're present but you're not really sure who it is. So that's what was happening and I think somewhere in my brain I think, well this is, this is my ex slash fuck buddy. And I, yes, and so I sort of am half awake and I start like rubbing up against Matt, not my ex. And, I sort of, uh, you know, then he responds because he's like, yes. And, you know, then it's all a blur. We're making out. He's like ripping my top off. He's ripping my panties off. He's going down on me. And I'm like, he is definitely a man whore because he knows what the fuck he is doing down there. <laughs> so I come pretty fast. And then I'm like, well, I'm going to return the favor. So I do. And he comes pretty fast and it's fine. And then it gets really awkward again. And he's like, kind of quiet and he's like, can I get you a drink? And I'm like, no, I'm good. And I go to sleep and I, I'm kind of regretful about the whole thing because I'm thinking like we weren't, you know, like I wasn't really wanting this to happen yet. Fall asleep, wake up the next morning. We promise to call each other. We don't. Uh, 10 years pass. Our mutual friend gets married. I see him there. He doesn't look like Steve from Blue's Clues anymore. He's grown like three feet and now he's quite handsome. And you know, I'm feeling bad because I kind of like blew him off after I blew him. <laughs> but anyway, it's fine. Then a couple more years pass and now we're in the days of MySpace. And I see that he is friends with our mutual friend. 
So I sent him a friend request, you know, why not? And he's like very surprised and yet happy to hear from me. And we chat and we've both been married and divorced by now. And it's all good, you know, and we exchange email addresses. And then a little while later, I receive an email message from him. And the subject line says, overshare, question mark. And the only text in it is a link to a blog. And it's his blog. And at the time, Matt had like a relatively well-traveled blog that, you know, got a fair amount of traffic. And some of the posts he would be like, answer, you know, like, ask me anything or something like that. And this link is to one that says, what is your most embarrassing sexual experience? <laughs> and I'm like, why is he sending this to me? <laughs> but I start to read. And I start reading a story of... He describes a girl that he went to college with, and she's super sexual and very confident and has lots of skills, and she worked at a sex shop, and she's like a bombshell, and, she, and I'm like, that's not me, is it? I continue to read, and it, it talks about how he was over her house one night, and it's late, and she, you know, she invites him to sleep in the closet. <laughs> She kind of throws him on the bed, has her way with him. Uh, and he's like, despite the fact, you know, he had good kissing skills, he's totally psyched and yet completely weirded out because he's a virgin. Oh, it gets better. A virgin with excellent kissing skills and a virgin who was able to rip my panties off and suck my clit right into his mouth even though he had never seen a woman naked in real life before. And so then he goes on to explain how she returned the favor and they must have taught her some really good skills at Condom World because this was amazing even though he never had a blowjob before. And he's like, it gets building, it's building, he can't help it anymore, he just lets go. And he pees into her mouth. <laughs> my mouth, right? <laughs> As you might imagine, I also had a lot of questions. <laughs> so many. Because now it's like 15 years later, and I'm like, you know, I wasn't super experienced then, but I'm pretty sure I can tell the difference between semen and urine. So I email him back. This didn't happen, did it? Did you add that for comedic effect? And he swears up and down that this did. Why do you think I offered you the glass of water afterwards? <sighs> so now I'm embarrassed 15 years later because I'm like, how would I not know that? I still don't think this happened. It's, a, it's like a mystery for the ages. We still don't know. And in the end, though, I mean, that blog he sent me was kind of a gift because I felt, here is someone who saw me in a way that I never saw myself as this sort of very sexual, confident, you know, bombshell of a little girl, really, at 19. And just for a moment, I was the coolest condom world employee ever <laughs> because as one of the commenters on his blog noted, she didn't have to swallow, but she did. <laughs> Thank you, guys.
bitch, get off my pole. You can't buy this at no luxury store. Bitch, get off my pole. Bitch, get off my pole. There's a place you gotta go before I let you take it all. It's like a drug, it should be illegal. Baby, you should get down low and drink my precious alcohol. You look so thirsty, I think you song was Holy Water by Madonna. 
I want to tell you about Manscaped, the number one brand in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you or your family's family jewels. I know you're classy, so you would never use the same trimmer on your face and on your balls. And if you're really classy, use the Lawnmower 2.0 from Manscaped. They can protect your balls or the balls of a loved one because they've got proprietary skin-safe technology and they won't nick your nuts. Plus, you can help defeat summertime ball sweat with their Crop Preserver Anti-Chafing Deodorant and Moisturizer. This is the perfect gift, isn't it? You seem thoughtful and you can make untrimmed pubes a thing of the past. And right now, you can go to manscaped.com, use the promo code D-I-X-I-E to get 20% off and free shipping. Do you love dongs? Well, if you love dongs as much as I do, then it's time to get clean. Save 20% and get free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code Dixie. Smell you later. It's about to get real, so let's talk about upcoming live shows for body storytelling. On Wednesday, September 25th in Seattle, the theme is Hurt So Good. We're going to be at the Rebar Seattle, one of the oldest queer bars in Seattle. The staff there is great. The drinks are delicious. And I love seeing the Seattle crowd in person. I hope your face is there too, so I can kiss it. Only if you want me to. And then on Sunday, September 29th, I'm hosting a post-Folsom Street Fair body. This is the first time I've ever done this. It's going to be a lot of wild, weird stories. You know, I made a dream list of who I wanted to be in this show, and they all said, we're part of leather community. We're not available that day. And then somehow in the last week, some of my favorite storytellers, storytellers you've heard on the podcast, have come back and went, we're making room. We want to tell a story at Body. The lineup's going to be amazing. Rachel Lark's going to be our musical act. And we're bringing out the games. We're going to have Sniff Test and Bango, OK Pervert. And we're going to be pulling the winner of our Win a Sibian Raffle. And let's talk about where the testicles go in next. First, on Thursday, October 3rd, Body Storytelling returns to Los Angeles. I'm going to be at Busby's East in LA, and links for tickets are on the website bodystorytelling.com. On Friday, October 18th in Chicago, it's a Friday night, y'all, I'm going to be at Avondale Music Hall. And you can find those tickets at Avondale Music Hall or on my website, too. I'm so excited about doing Chicago. It's been so long since I've been there. And then where am I next? Hmm, let's find out. Wednesday, October 30th in New York. When is the last time I did a show in New York that wasn't a collaboration? I can't even remember. I'm going to be at Chelsea Music Hall. You can get tickets at TicketWeb or you can get them on my website. And you didn't hear your city? Remember, we're in the final stretch for the testicle. Go to bodystorytelling.com slash testicle. Find the city that's closest to you. And we're kind of in a dead heat now in a couple of cities. So vote for your city. Tell your friends. Start a social media campaign so they can vote for your city. And then I'll get to see your face in person too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I ask you this every week, but this might be the week. This might be the one you respond to. If you could, go write us a review. If you write a review about this podcast and you tell other people what you think, they're going to make the time in their busy schedule to listen. And that's how we grow. You telling one person, you inviting somebody to the live show with you, 
you writing a review wherever you write reviews for podcasts. That makes the difference. I don't know if it's obvious, but I'm a big believer in the fact that one person can make a huge difference in the world. Speaking of making a difference, it's time to thank the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to podcast producer Marty Garcia. Thank you to sound engineer David Grossoff. To all-around video superstar Joe Moore. To project manager Dana Hanna. Thanks to you. I'm going to see you really soon in person at a live show. Till then, keep tuning into the podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 88 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. And here's a peek at what's next. You have to understand, the San Franciscans, that when you get one of you in London town with one of us, we think we're in for like the hottest, filthiest, nastiest, most fucked up night of our lives. Your reputation precedes you.